Amen. So I want you to start drilling down now and get down to the weeds with us. And uh, if you wouldn't mind for our viewers and for my edification, really just to make sure I understand it, uh, Drew mentioned dual overhead. I know you're a big fan of gross margin dollars per day. Could you kind of distinguish those for us, for our viewers, just so we understand that? And then, and then let's talk about like the specific performance-based pay for a manager, a service technician. We've kind of talked a lot about sales guys, but other people in the company. Yeah, uh, so dual overhead is a, a basic pricing model that says that uh, labor is the big driver of the overhead, material and equipment, less so. And so we create two different ratios. We create a ratio for the material and equipment side and uh, as it relates to overhead. And that's typically a lot lower than the ratio that you would create for the opposite side, which is all your labor related stuff, your warranty expense, your labor, callbacks, uh, benefits. Uh, so what a company has to do is it has to have some good financial uh, structure to do dual overheads. One of the things we talk about all the time is you can't just use the company overhead Right. as a one bucket company and use dual overhead because you, you're lumping service in, you're lumping maintenance in, you could be doing light commercial. You know, so if you're a one bucket company, dual overhead is probably not the best model. Uh, that's where GP per day comes in. Um, you know, that, that's taking the overhead out. But again, to finish the conversation on dual overhead is we're gonna take the bigger multiplier and multiply by the labor costs of a job, we're gonna take the other multiplier, multiply by the material cost. When we add those two things together, that gives us a break even. So all we're doing is we're assigning overhead to how uh, labor or material and equipment create the overhead in a company. So your company will be unique, his company will be different, my company will be different because our overhead is different. So that's the structure of dual overhead. On uh, that real quick though, I, I've seen through his class and watching the videos online and all that content. And James is also big on the performance-based pay side of things too here. But we highly recommend dual overhead, new construction, commercial, yeah. and you know cut-ins. You know your your cut-in jobs where it's also it's a lot of labor, but it's also a lot of material, right? Yeah. Uh, so dual overhead is is practical in the sense that it tells me what my break-even is on any job. So I, I know what my pain point is. And so you can then add profit to that to whatever degree that you want. Uh, so we differ a little bit, we discount. Um, so the world goes around and there's no, not one way to do it. Right. Uh, so dual overhead would allow me to look at a job and say, no worries, I can, I can do this work and still make money. GP per man day is different. GP per man day ignores uh, how overhead is created and instead looks at overhead as a overhead dollar per day. So I've said this before, my company overhead per day for an install crew is $800. So I'm going to establish a gross profit target for the company's price book at some number. So for us, 2,500 would be the lowest level that we would allow anybody to discount to. So same as Drew, we price for the net profit, but that's derived from the gross profit. In other words, if I'm $800 per day and I want $1,700 of profit, I have to be at least $2,500. I can be at 3,000, but I can't be at 2,400. So what we do is a positioning strategy and we'll look at each position of equipment we're gonna, so VRV is gonna be a higher end equipment and uh, maybe a 13 or 14 seer, depending on where you're at, or you know, a 90% furnace is gonna be a lower end piece of equipment. So we'll escalate the gross profit as we climb. The advantage to that is that it, you're not using equipment which costs you more money as you go up to VRV as the basis to create a price point. Which can price you out of the Which market. prices you higher in the marketplace. 
So as long as I have a good value proposition, uh, customers tend to choose the higher efficiency products. Mm -hmm. And I make more money as a company because if my VRV system is priced at $3,500 gross profit per day, and my overhead is still $800 per day, that's not changing. I'm going to make $2,700 of profit on that job. But if I use the equipment multipliers and you know right. put a one point you know uh, six seven to get a forty percent margin, that jacks the price way up here because the equipment cost is higher. So GP per mandate is a more advanced method. You don't have to be departmental to do that. So structurally for EGIA, those are non-departmental companies where your overhead is not broken down. We would recommend GP per mandate or some form of single overhead pricing. Get your price book set correctly, you know, and uh, you know, organize it based on that, so that you're going to make a profit. So, so let me ask those you, companies are more advanced. We would use dual overhead. Can I ask you a question about that? So let's say you're going to do a ductwork job. Yeah, really labor intensive. Yeah, no, just ductwork. Yeah, you would start the pricing for that job. That number one, twenty five hundred bucks per day, per day, per labor, job. per labor. Then day. we're going to go in and add in the material cost. Yep, and that is is what you would use to, to base the pricing on. So if there were $1,000 in materials, uh, you would add that onto the 2,500 bucks. Yeah, all, all the costs of sales, which is gonna be a whole group of things, Commission, which include the material, that, all yeah. that, we gotta add that on, up that, on top 2, of the 2,500 bucks, that's the floor. Yeah, and that's, and a, then, that's one day though. Yeah, But sure, if it's a two day job, yeah, it's gotta it's be 5,000 bucks. Right. right, so each day no, but, escalates. But I, I think that's so important, because that, that's something I've learned from you that's so helpful. And we joked about this before, I did really well in my first company 15 years ago, because we were just doing two day change or one day change outs. Right. And it worked out great. Right. But if we had had a lot of things that were labor intensive and not really equipment intensive, right. we could really get stung because you go and put Correct. a spend 1500 bucks on materials and mark it up to 3000 bucks, you're still getting, you're getting stung. Hard. Yeah. Well, if you just looked at my property that we're renovating, you know, there's not enough supply and return errors. The duct system needs retooled. So there's a lot of extra labor days in that job yeah. for you as a contractor to do it right for me as a homeowner. Now you can go in and slap the equipment in and use the existing ducts and leave the supply and returns to die, right. but the comfort is not gonna get any better. So you're gonna do the right thing. Plus then let's talk about home performance contracting. Are you gonna do insulation? Are you gonna come in and you're gonna do some you know, modifications that are gonna add labor? And so when you start doing that, you're adding days to the job. Yeah. So the, the problem that contractors face is they go, well, that's gonna price me higher in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to price the job higher in the marketplace. That's where you gotta learn to sell. You've gotta learn to create a value and say, we're worth it, we're gonna do it right, and we're gonna guarantee it. We're gonna guarantee your comfort. You know, one degree at the stat, two degrees at the stat, you know, whatever your model is, doesn't matter. 100% money back guarantee. We're, we have to be here in order to make you happy and your client experience to be right. If you want BTUs in a box, all those guarantees are wiped. We, we're not gonna guarantee any integrity as far as comfort because the duct system itself is, is not uh, set up correctly. Correct. My well, house is a disaster, literally. Your new house? Yeah, there's, well, it's not new, it's well, I mean, old and it's going to be renovated. So, you know, one central return error for three rooms. Some rooms don't have the proper supply and return error. So, they're, they don't heat and cool properly. So from a comfort point of view, you go, well, if you're going to fix it, you gotta, you gotta redo the duct system. You have to do that. And that's, and now let's talk about your market here. You were one day jobs, but if you're looking at where the industry is going, the mandates in the industry are going to be to actually do the jobs properly. Right. California's there. Yeah. Some states are already mandating those. 
So when you start doing those things, you're going to spend more time on the job. You're that's there. that's yeah. the advantage then of GP per man right. day and creating a book then that, you know, whether you discount or don't discount, the book is going to be correct. And that's so, the main thing. So would you say that this principle generally holds true that with a gross margin dollars per day, you're going to be more competitive on high efficiency systems, but probably a little higher on basic ductwork. Correct. Yeah. So you're going to have to sell better on those labor-intensive that, jobs. That is exactly the effect. Yes. The cool thing about this is, and I, I, I've, I've done some experiments with this. Larry Taylor is a gentleman uh, I, I know you Texas. know uh, yeah, from Texas. Man. He yeah. sold his company years ago. Uh, we put together two books, and we drove it towards system performance and home performance. And we we took all of the labor out of installing the equipment, right? Um, so it was all the labor. All the uh, all the overhead, and we just basically put the uh, you know the tax and uh, the profit and the commission on top of the equipment, right? And we came up with a price book for that, right? So just buying this the system, and then we put the installation package of that, meaning the the labor to install that, with the labor to do all the duct work and the home performance side of things. And but we also had a regular book price, and we said, okay, well we can sell you the system, okay let's say middle of the road to upper end. We can sell you the system for twelve to eighteen thousand, okay? However, you've got this duck system and you've got this home and requires all this work. If if we go ahead and fix the house and we do all that work over here, okay, I can do that scope of work over here for let's say eight grand, right? And I can sell you the equipment for not eighteen grand now. Now I can I, I can undercut everybody in the market, right? Because I took all of my labor and I put it with the la with the labor work, right? And so I have a, a home performance solution that included the, the labor to install the equipment. So now I'm just selling you the equipment at like six thousand dollars less than anybody else can touch it, because HVAC contractors want to sell boxes. Why? Because their manufacturers want them to sell boxes. Their distributors want them to sell boxes, and I'm all for that too. But I years ago went to you know to uh, one of the vendors that we partnered with back in the day. You mentioned them a little bit earlier, one of the red branded uh, labels that's out there. And I said, I can sell X amount of product this way, and I can sell XXX this way, right? X plus X plus X. If I do it this way, what do you want me to do? And they said, you know, yeah, X to the power of three. And I said, okay then partner with me this way. And so I right. negotiated better deals on the upper end right. product. And I said, charge me full boat if I sell the entry level product, but I wanna buy this product at less than any of my competition can. And so I negotiated special pricing uh, you know, on the upper end stuff. And then I built that book with Larry and he went out there and did it. We actually did a presentation at an ACCA event where we talked about this. And you have a price book that's competitive with everybody else that's out there when you're selling the equipment face to face, you know, uh, uh, equipment to equipment, face to face, you know, uh, system for system, that type of thing. But when he flipped it and he says, but you need a duct system, okay? And he was able to go and improve because he pulled out a flow hood in every house. And he showed the customer quantitatively, math, science, data, fact, not opinion, that your duct system is performing at, you know, 48, 57, 62% efficient. And so if I go ahead and I put in a 20 sear system on your house, you're just wasting energy more efficiently because you have an inefficient duct system and an inefficient house. Why don't we go ahead and fix the house, right? Let's get that right. 
Even if, in fact, even if your equipment's working, let's not even replace the equipment. Since your equipment's working, let's get the duct system working. Let's get the house working the way that it's supposed to. And then when you're ready, or you have the money, and you're ready to go ahead and replace the equipment, then the equipment will become plug and play. And you're getting what you're paying for out of the equipment. But if you go ahead and buy that high efficient system and put it onto a low performance duct system, low performance house, you're just wasting energy more efficiently. Here was the interesting thing. We, we put that concept together for his business. And then he and I went and talked about it at an ACCA event. And I asked him, I said, talking about this in your business, what has that done for your business? When you say that to a customer, because you, you could see the eyes in the room go, like you were willing to walk away from the equipment. Now listen, let, let's not even do the equipment. Your equipment's working. Let's, let's get your existing system working the way that it was supposed to. I said, when you were willing to go ahead and do that, how many customers said, yeah, let, let, let's just keep our old inefficient thing and let's fix our house and our duct system. Right. They're always in the system too. They, say, they always said, you know what? Let's just do, do it, it all. all. Right. And I said, I said, quantitatively, what, what percentage? 87%. And I said, because you also did something that you've talked about a little bit earlier in an earlier video we did today, which was I proved my integrity. I proved, I proved competence. I proved intent. And I obviously met your capacity to trust. No, that's good stuff. And so you might end up selling the same eighteen thousand dollars job, but you're doing a lot more for it. You're giving them. Well, actually, we would go above eighteen. We ended up above. We ended up at like you know twenty, twenty two, twenty four, gotcha. right? But what they but saw, given that option, yeah. But they saw they were getting the equipment for right. way less than ABC company was willing to do it for, right? Because right. I'm willing to fix your house, and ABC, of course, is not fixing the house. Right. That's ABC awesome. doesn't even think about fixing us. ABC doesn't even fix it. Think about fixing the ductwork. Well, at the risk of getting us back on track after that detour, I took us down. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate the comments are so insightful. And I know there's people watching this are like, holy cow, like, I got to reassess this whole thing. I do want to make sure we, we finish up this conversation with the specific performance base uh, for managers, let's say uh, service technicians, anybody else in the company that you think we should be thinking about. Yeah, lots of ways to skin the cat. Easiest way is a percentage of the ticket. And so let's just round it up and say, you're gonna pay 25% of the service ticket to a service technician. Still have to track the payroll, the time yeah. card, uh, and so forth. So that's a simple you know, model. Uh, you can also pay a reduced hourly wage uh, and, and then pay a gross profit bonus based on the production of your service technician like you were talking about with your young man. So plumbing is the same way. Plumbing traditionally has been sort of a percentage of the ticket. Uh, so then take that up to the manager level. So I'm the service manager now. I'm managing a group of people that are on performance-based pay. Typically, you're going to have me on a salary, and then you're going to put me on a bonus program that's performance-based. So you'll set a budget. I'm supposed to produce 500000 gross profit dollars in the service department. So uh, again, how we're doing it is not necessarily the right way. It's just an example. There's lots and lots of methods that you can create from this. But once we hit target, uh, as a service manager, I get 25% of every incremental gross profit dollar beyond the budget because the budget gives me the profitability that we set up. It's like setting up that price book he talked about. We've, we have made our money. So anything above the gross profit budget is now I get to keep 75% of that. That's incremental profit for me. The bonus program then to the service manager is he gets the 25%. So his compensation isn't limited. Right. And it's truly a meritocracy. So he's thinking about pricing. He's thinking about managing his crew or managing the technicians. He's thinking about job capacity, something that we haven't talked about in the pricing discussion, which is 
you know, a job, a day that you don't sell a job, okay, you've lost the overhead for that day. You've spent that money. So selling the job or selling, you know, the opportunity produces more GP. So you you want to pay based on the incremental dollars, uh, and then you know take that up another level. You might have a general manager, and a general manager pay plan is different than an owner. So a general manager is going to be paid most likely on a performance-based pay uh, plan, salary, and he's going to be paid on profit because he's responsible for the overhead. So technicians are not responsible for the overhead of the company, really. I mean, in other words, we're not asking them to think about the overhead, but the general manager would. So what you want, uh, whether we call it alignment or congruency or any other adjective, what we want is we want everybody to be on the same platform with the same goal. So Drew talks about pay people based on the goals of the company. So if the goal of the company is to produce, you, got have, you have to have compensation systems that are performance-based that everybody's working to the same target. If you've got people working against each other based on that target, then you have self-interest. Yeah. You have self-interest. And self-interest is usually not a good thing inside of a company. Never. Great stuff, guys. That was, uh, I appreciate the detour on the pricing stuff today. Yeah. I think that's really, really important for all of us to understand. And But uh, really a great discussion on compensation, alignment, congruency, what I call equity. I call the equity alignment congruent principle. We just made that up. I like it. I made it up. Um, but uh, great who's, insight from you guys. As who always. says that alcohol doesn't make people more creative? <laughs> hey, <I'm>, and <laughs> for the details. I'm getting the most out of my ninth grade education. Yeah. That's where the deep dive is. All the pay plans are actually there. Yeah. yeah. All the spreadsheets are there. All the information and the videos, the, the legalities. So you're saying this is the beginning of my education and our viewers, not the end. I think this Correct. is the, one of those places where we're just starting the conversation. And, yeah. and then so I there's think a lot to learn. I think once we get back to live classes, you and James both teach the performance-based pay class, right? We do. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. James Lecter and By Gary. the way, congratulations on your son's first year at uh, Penn State. Thank you. Yeah. I went to school at State Penn. <laughs> <laughs> Different, different uh, educational track is your son there. So. He's got one year. You are a New York Times best-selling author. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm you've written son. three books, right? Yeah, yeah. One, one's done really well. State Penn education is not all that bad. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you. Uh, a lot of different reasons, but uh, great education, MBA level education, right here with the two of you. Two and a half experts. <laughs> See you guys soon. Cheers. 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 Time to refill. Wally, we got to get something in there. Time to yeah. refill. Yeah.